When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the global game. Thanks to Kraken.com, trusted by 9 million crypto customers worldwide. That's Kraken.com, broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. Yes, James Dodd and Richard Garcia here with you on SEN. And it's time now to welcome a global game regular and, of course, host of the Asian Game podcast. You all know him. It's Paul Williams. Paul, over in Qatar, thanks very much for joining us. How's the, how's the Middle East treating you? Uh, it's treating me very, very, very well so far, it has to be said. So uh, bright and early on another morning, big day ahead for the uh, the Asian teams of Japan and South Korea in action. Absolutely. And before we get stuck into to matters on the pitch, Paul, you've been over in Qatar for, for some time now. What's what's your experience of, of the whole tournament been like? Yeah, it's my first World Cup that, uh, that I'm experiencing, so I don't have anything to to really compare it to. Um, but it's been fantastic so far. Cannot complain with anything. The the hospitality has been exceptional. The atmosphere on the ground, despite some of the reports you hear, um, has been tremendous. The atmosphere inside, particularly some of the stadiums, I was lucky to be at Argentina versus Saudi Arabia early on, and that was just phenomenal. That was um, one of the, the great atmospheres of, of world football. But being at you know, Argentina Socceroos the other night as well, um, the Argentinian fans everywhere they go make a, a fantastic atmosphere and everywhere you travel around Doha there's particularly early on in the competition now that some teams have been eliminated a lot of fans have gone home but there are a lot of Moroccan fans a lot of Tunisian fans uh, a lot of fans from North Africa a lot of Algerians are here even though their team didn't qualify um, a lot of Saudi Arabian fans and they provided a fantastic atmosphere everywhere you went around Doha it was friendly it was safe it was happy um, it was a fantastic vibe around the city. I've been to, I've been fortunate enough to be at World Cups before, Paul, and and it has to be said, you know, watching this one here on on the TVs back in in Sydney, the the Albi Celeste, the the Argentinian fans, they look as though they've been the winners so far in terms of noise generated at stadiums. Would you say that's fair? I'd say that's fair. Absolutely, they were phenomenal in every game that I've seen them at. But also, so perhaps. Somewhat surprisingly, um, I was at Saudi Arabia, Mexico the other day as well, and that there was so many Mexican fans that I've seen around the place, and they created a noise that was just as loud as anything the Argentinians created. And you know, both Saudi Arabia and Mexico got knocked out on that night. The result didn't help either of them. But you're walking around the Lusail Boulevard afterwards, and you had Mexicans mingling, mingling with Saudi Arabians. You had Saudi Arabians wearing the sombrero, and everyone was just happy. It was a really buoyant mood, even though. Both of their two teams had just been eliminated from the World Cup. And I thought that's really what the World Cup is about. As, as much as it's about the football, it is about bringing the world together as, um, you know, FIFA guff as that sounds. Um, that is really what it's about. It's about, you know, experiencing different cultures, different people. And um, to see all those fans mingling together and sort of mixing those cultures was um, as fantastic to see. Let's, uh, let's switch our attention onto on-pitch matters then, shall we? Japan and South Korea are up next. Uh, let's start with Japan. And it was a, you know, as far as World Cups go, it was a, <laughs> it was a pretty crazy group stage campaign for the Samurai Blue. Yeah. How, how do you assess Moriasu's team coming into this game against Croatia? 
it's they've had had such a roller coaster of emotions in this World Cup so far, from the high of beating Germany to the low of losing to Costa Rica, and then back up to to beating Spain. It's really hard to get a read on uh, on Japan because we know at their very best they're a fantastic football side. So against the likes of Germany and Spain, they've sort of played a little bit more on the back foot, played a little bit on the counter. You know, they're only having, you know, 30% possession in the game. So they're not sort of showing their best football, but they're getting the results, which I guess at this you know, stage of a competition is really what it's all about, is making sure you, you get the results. So the fact that they've been able to, to get those results, and Moriasu's changed the game at halftime in each of those, and they've come out with a, a completely different look in, in the second half. He's brought on players like Mitoma and Doan that have changed the game in each of those uh, two matches, um, which opens the question as to why he doesn't start those plays, but the tactic is working for him. So he'll probably stick with that tonight going into the, the Croatia game as well. But yeah, he's, he's made those little changes um, and they've come out and looked a completely different side. They've been attacking. They've uh, been slightly more aggressive when they needed to. Um, and the, that opening 10 minutes of the second half against Spain um, was was scintillating the way they were able to sort of flick the switch and, and turn it on, um, and Spain had no answer for them. And Paul, you, you spoke about the the tactical element of that, and you know I've watched the games that Japan have played in, and I think it, it has been a very good tactical ploy uh, from Moriyasu. And do you think that they're going to continue that um, against Croatia, seeing as look Croatia keep a lot of possession, but I think they're probably uh, not the same as a Germany or a Spain. Yeah, I certainly think they'll try to. I, I can't see Japan, you know, sort of changing now and wanting to come out and play on the front foot, um, having done it so effectively against Germany and Spain. So I certainly think they'll cede a lot of the possession to Croatia. And, you know, Croatia you play a very different style of football to um, uh, to what, you know, Germany do or to what Spain do. So the, the challenge is going to be different. Um, they might go a little bit more direct at times, which is a different challenge for the Japanese defence to to try and handle as well. So it'll be a really interesting matchup. And of the three Asian teams that got through, I, I give Japan the biggest chance of, of getting out because obviously Korea's got Brazil, which we'll get on to, and Australia had Argentina as well. So really two difficult matchups. But Japan against Croatia, I can see Japan competing in that game and potentially making it even further. Just finally on, on, on Japan, Paul, I've, you know, I've seen throughout this tournament their goals seem to have come in short bursts. And when they've played against teams, it's almost as yep. if they've really gained momentum quite quickly. Do you think that's the sort of thing that could be quite key for them going forward? Oh, absolutely, it can be, yeah. I mean, and that's, it, once they, it's like once they get one, they, cap, as you said, capitalise on that momentum and then go on and, and push for that, that second goal. And um, it's not typically the way that they play, but it's working for them in, in this World Cup. And perhaps, you know, that's something that Moriasu identified before the World Cup, um, we almost saw again with Australia against Argentina last night. Like once you get that goal and you get that belief, you ride that wave of momentum and anything's possible. And yeah, once Australia even got that goal um, the other night, then you know we saw Aziz Bayic almost a couple of minutes later with one of the great World Cup goals. And um, the way that momentum can turn in a game so quickly is is crucial. And Japan have been using that to full effect. So that's Japan against Croatia. Let's talk about South Korea, shall we? Because uh, all the pressure and attention, I suppose, was going into the tournament was on the fitness of Son Heung-min. Um, but it's someone else, Cho Gu-sung, who's, who's really stolen the show so far. Do you think that's actually helped the South Koreans and it's uh, you know eased that burden on, on Son's shoulders? Uh, 
I actually think the the introduction of Huangy Chan in the last game is is probably more so eased the burden on on Son's shoulders. I mean, Cho did fantastically well in the game. I'm trying to remember which one it was Ghana that he scored the the two goals. Um, and he's been he's been somewhat of a, a revelation. He was one of the leading goal scorers in in the K League this season, but wasn't a regular starter. Huangy Joe actually started the, the first game um, for Korea at this World Cup against Uruguay and spurned a, a, an incredible chance that they perhaps saw his um, uh, his you know minutes limited after that because Cho De Sung's come in, scored a couple of goals against Ghana and made that position his own now. But I think Huangy Chan is just so important. The career because he provides a different outlet on the opposite wing to Son Hung Min and um, he takes some of the attacking burden away because as talented as the players that uh, Korea have brought in to, to replace him while he was injured, they're not at the level of, of Huang Chan. And we saw when he came on the other night against Portugal the difference he makes. He's, he's direct, he's quick, and he gives the defence someone else to worry about apart from Son Hung Min and perhaps that eases some of the burden on Son because with that chance that they scored the other night as Son was streaming forward, we've seen Son in that situation a lot of times this World Cup. Um, and he he's often tried to take that on himself. Um, perhaps he feels that burden. But now with Wangi Chan out on the pitch, it felt like that he had someone else out there that he had complete trust in. Not to say he doesn't trust his other teammates, but someone he knows is at sort of a, a similar level and someone he trusts. And um, it just took some of that burden away and he played in the perfect ball for, uh, for Korea to win that match. So... I think Huang Chan's crucially important. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts tonight as well. Okay, Paul, and, and taking you back to the other side of the park, um, just about Kim Min Ye and, and his leadership and um, his defensive qualities, how big is he to the team and, and, and what, what do they miss without him? Uh, he's hugely important. I mean, we've seen the form he's in for Napoli this season and even his form in the, the first two games has, has been pretty good even though it's been hampered by injury. Um, I was at Palo Bento's press conference yesterday he said it'll be a, a, a game day decision again as to whether Kim Min Jae is, is fit to play. The fact he didn't play in the last game was a bit of a surprise for me but hopefully that might help him get the recovery that he needs um, given the short turnaround between games to, uh, to be able to get out on the park tonight because I think if they miss him I think there has been um, you know, one criticism of Korea in this tournament so far. Defensively, they've been a little bit lax. Um, we saw it against uh, against Ghana when they, they shipped those three goals and you know, Kim Min-jae was even playing in that game, albeit hampered by injury. I think defensively, the full-backs um, have been a little bit suspect. They've been very good going forward, but defensively, they've been caught out a few times. So to have the leadership of someone like Kim Min-jae in the middle there, I think, is crucially important and if they don't have him tonight against you know probably the favorite to win the competition um, it's probably going to make it a really long evening for them paul williams from the asian game podcast everything you need to know ahead of japan v croatia and south korea against brazil in the round of 16 paul as always thanks for your time pleasure guys cheers well coming up we preview more on those clashes in the round of 16 here on the global game first up japan against croatia then of course the samba boys we'll touch on them next brazil up against south korea that's next on the global game